0: They said, it will be fun. They said, who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride. One that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I will be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in again. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer. Today's episode might be a bit of a cheer for some. You see, October is Infertility and Pregnancy Loss awareness, awareness Month, and we thought it was a really important topic to talk about. It's so real for so many people. I've been reading and editing upcoming chapters for Mama 2 and Healthy Mama, and I noticed a major theme. I was completely oblivious to how many people struggle with this on so many levels. Today, we have three very special guests. Not only are they upcoming contributors in the You've Got This Mama series, but they all study and practice different kinds of medicine specializing in fertility. When I was introduced to Justine and then through her, to Hillary and Leisha, it slapped me across the face how little resources are available and education on this topic. It's so unspoken. The incredible struggles, the massive percentages, the undiagnosed reasons, today we are going to get super raw and real about infertility and pregnancy loss, and hopefully will help and empower a lot of mamas. So hi, ladies. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for being here. It's amazing, and you know the funniest part is we pulled this episode together like yesterday, I think which, <laughs> Thank you. thank you for being here. Um, so I'm first going to introduce Justine. And she's got a mouthful here with all of these letters beside her name, so bear with me. Justine is a CIHR funded postdoctoral fellow working in the Faculty of Kinesiology at the University of Calgary. Her research in the area of health behavior change, as she, okay, <laughs> and she is specifically using evidence based strategies such as self compassion to help people feel great. Whether it's dealing with multiple demands of, being a mom or coping with chronic illness. As a new mother herself, she is very well versed in the ups and downs of motherhood and the importance of self care so that you can be the best you possible. I love that. That's so awesome. Thanks for being here, Justine. My pleasure. Even a little deeper. And Hillary, Hillary Smith, she is a naturopathic doctor focused. Uh, specifically on areas of fertility, prenatal, postpartum, and children. Puzzling cases put fire in her belly, and she is passionate about helping women. She has aspirations of becoming prime minister. However, <laughs> she takes it <laughs> as a major accomplishment when her kiddos, Barrett, three and a half, Tucker, one and a half, and Isla, three months. Wow, you've got your hands full, girl. <laughs> Give her the an award for the best tummy tickler. So cute. Hillary thrives in chaos, is obsessed with chocolate chip oatmeal cookies, and loves to belly laugh. Mm. <laughs> I like cookies. <laughs> Hi, Hillary. Thanks for being on. Hi, uh-huh. I'm happy to be here. Yay. And then, last but certainly not least, we have Leisha Laird. Leisha loves skiing in the mountains. Who doesn't? Floating in the ocean and bananagrams. I don't even know what a bananagram is, so I will find out. Uh, she Best values connection. Ever.
1: It's what? the best game ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I'll, I'll ask you that at the end, what it actually is, and you can we can put a link to it. Um, she values connection, especially family game night with her kids. She has a daughter who is 10 and a toddler who she has decided inspired the movie Boss Baby. I have one of those too. Mm-hmm. She is a Chinese medicine doctor and acupuncturist. Her practice focuses on fertility, prenatal, postpartum, and being well. She's inspired by resilient women and has the privilege of walking beside these women too. So welcome everyone. Amazing. Wow. You guys are just incredible human beings. I'm so grateful to have you on the show. So, wow. Where do we begin? This topic is, you know, obviously heavy and trigger worthy, but In reading your chapters, I have realized that I'm completely oblivious to what's going on out there. You know, I'm fortunate to have not had to deal with so many of these struggles myself. And, you know, it's just there's not a lot of resources and not a lot of education readily available on this. So I'm I'm very grateful that you jumped in and, and agreed to do this episode with me today because I'm excited to learn more and I think we're gonna help a lot of people. And empower a lot of women dealing with this on their their own journey with fertility so i'm going to start with justine i have a question for you so in you've got this mama too and you've got this healthy mama which you're launching next year you tell us a quite a bit about your journey actually a very personal journey would you mind sharing a glimpse with our guests and explaining what unexplained infertility means to you Sure. Thanks, Sabrina.
2: Um, so it took uh, my husband and I over two years to find, um, find the answer to, to get, to getting pregnant. Um, long story short as possible. Um, (laughs) I just couldn't get pregnant for over two years. I was told repeatedly to just relax and it would happen. I just finished my PhD. So it kind of made sense that my body was pretty amped up and I needed to relax um, and then hopefully it would happen. But uh, month and month again, it didn't. And uh, in my gut, I knew that there was uh, something else going on, but uh, unfortunately in Canada, all the doctors didn't didn't believe what I thought was going on. And um, eventually I did find a doctor who specialized in autoimmune infertility out of Las Vegas, of all places, mm-hmm. and um, we went down there and worked with him, and we were able to get uh, pregnant on the very first uh, go-around with him, and so in our discussions with him, he said something very profound to me, And and we were coming to him with this so-called unexplained infertility, and it was just maddening because Month after month, everyone would say, no, everything's great. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, maybe tweak this or try this. And I tried every diet and every every supplement, everything possible. Um, and nothing was working. And then he just said, there's no such thing as unexplained infertility. It's just undiagnosed. And it's just finding the right healthcare professional who can figure out what it is that's going on. Um, and I just knew as soon as I found him that, that it would be, um, that he would know. And, uh, just what he explained on his website, um, really resonated with me. And so we ran some tests and things worked out with him.
0: Wow. So no such thing as unexplained, undiagnosed. That's super powerful stuff, man. Holy cow.
2: And because there are probably thousands, millions of women all over the world who are just told, you know, there's no reason. And, and maybe in some very rare cases that they might not be able to figure out what that reason is. But this doctor says that uh, there really is a reason there. And it's just digging deep enough to uncover what that is.
0: Yeah, and from reading your story, you were very persistent in finding it. So it's and and now you have a little boy, mm-hmm. and nineteen months, and you're expecting. Am I right on that?
2: Yes, that's right. The next one's coming in. Oh my gosh, like less than three months now.
0: <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy. Well, congratulations. It's so Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank and you. We're very so, excited so amazing. Cool. You stayed on that path and and you know followed your gut and and figured it all out. It's so great. So inspiring. Thank
2: you. Well, it's healing to be able to share my story too, um, because I know there's still so many other women that are struggling and just going through really the worst time of their life. And, I, I just wish that when I had gone through all of our struggles that I hadn't felt so alone. And I'm so lucky too. I was working with uh, Hillary during a lot of it and she was incredible through all of it. Um, there really is something about connecting with other women who've been through it too, that helps you feel not so alone.
0: And that's what our whole community that you've got this mama and YGT mama community is all about. It's, you know, I realized very early on that I, didn't experience every single thing that could possibly happen in motherhood because nobody can experience everything. There's so many challenges and so many different situations, but I knew somebody would have experienced something. So that's why we collaborate in these books. That's why they're co authored books because it's not just one voice, it's not just one story. We come together and share our own authentic journeys. And, you know, one story, if my story doesn't resonate with somebody, yours will or somebody's will. And you know, we're out to show moms that they're not alone, you know, and you've got this, <laughs> but that they're not alone and that somebody else has been through some level or some version of what they're going through. And who knows, just that little glimmer of hope that you know your chapter provides to somebody could be what makes them persist and move forward when everyone's telling them that it's not possible. And, you know, they, they'll go and make it possible. And I just, it's so empowering. It's so special. I love it. So thank Thank you
2: you. (laughs) (laughs) for being. I think a big, I guess on that note, a big part of what I learned too, is that if you don't feel supported by the healthcare providers you're working with, keep looking. There are so many wonderful ones out there. It takes time to pull the right team together, especially if something complicated is going on. Um, But don't give up, reach out. If, if it's not even in your country, there are so many people all, all over the world, pull them together. And there are people who will believe in you.
0: I love that. And it's so good because the group that we've pulled together today, just out of nowhere, like we have so many different types of medicine and practices involved and you all specialize in fertility. So it's it's amazing. So I'm going to ask Hillary a question because, um, you're a naturopathic doctor. Yes. Yes. I'm not entirely. I'm going to be totally honest here. (laughs) You know, I might come across as a bit of a dummy, but can you explain exactly what naturopathic medicine is? I hear so much about it and it's becoming very popular. Um, you know, everyone I talk to is seeing a naturopathic doctor. Now I am not at the moment, but I really think I'm going to after this show. (laughs) Um, You know what I've heard about the principles, but is there a way to describe the entire field in one or two sentences? Is that too much to ask?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, after or or as it is a uh, a complicated or a, sort of a a widespread or wide net of um, of of medicine. It is a bit hard. However, um, naturopathic medicine, we're always trying to look for the root cause of any issue that's going on. And so instead of band-aiding a situation, uh, you know, looking at that root cause, treating it, um, and how we go about treating that is uh, more from a, um, a holistic standpoint. So, We're looking at different parts of health, whether it be mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. Um, And then as opposed to, let's say, using pharmaceuticals, we're using things like uh, uh, nutritional supplements, high dose nutritional supplements, um, uh, herbal medicines, homeopathy. Uh, So, So in terms of using all of those or, or, or all of those modalities, uh, we're essentially helping the body shift back to its own normal healthy template. Um, And again, versus sort of band-aiding the situations. Um, So what I would say is that, uh, like I said, the focus is very much on so many aspects of health. So, when someone walks into uh, an intake with me um, we'll go through their chief concern we're not only going through you know let's say a five minute concern and here's here's the uh, medication to help out. we sit for ninety minutes and we go through um you know past history supplements medications that they're on um we go through a review of systems, so, you know, different body parts that that potentially are not even bothering them or they have a concern about, but I want to know what uh, what actually is going on as well with that. Um, we go through lifestyle. We go through stresses. We go through uh, how's your energy levels. We go through diet. Um, I would say a good, you know, for in most cases, I would say a good – 50%, no, you know, maybe let's call it 40% of my intake is really getting to know the person inside and out. Um, and so, do, so, so, you know, focusing in on that lifestyle piece is really interesting. Cause it's like, okay, look at these different aspects of your family to, um, you know, hobbies to personality that affect really your health and and, um, and ultimately your chief concern that you've come in with. So really what I do at the very end of a, you know, throughout an intake, I'm madly jotting down, you know, different notes, um, you know, at the end, this puzzle, like you said, Sabrina, that I love, that I love so much, it really does become a puzzle because, and, and all those parts of health in terms of those puzzle pieces fit together in my view. So, you come in with a stomach issue. I want to treat the stomach, obviously. However, I want to treat sort of four or five other different things that, that can be affecting the stomach. So you're basically a superhero. <laughs> <You have laughs>
1: with, a a cape, with a cape <laughs> yeah.
0: as well. Oh, it's so cool. I, I think it's so incredible because it's true. I was just telling you girls before the show that, you know, my kids are ill right now, and I feel like – and this isn't to to bash, you know, regular medicine of in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, I feel like we don't look at the big picture when it comes to issues. You go in, and they go, "Oh, here's medication. Here's a script for that. Here's, you know, try this, try that." And it's almost like they're, you know, checking boxes to see, okay, well, if that works, then that's what it was. <laughs> if that doesn't work, then it's something else, and then we'll try yeah. that. So I really like the idea of. Exploring the root of of what's potentially going on because it, if we are layers, right? We're like onions. We have so yes. many layers of so many things, and it is mental health. It is spiritual health. It is physical health and emotional health, all of it is combined. And that makes us who we are as a, as a full body. Right. So I, yeah. I think that's such an amazing approach.
3: Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, just to yeah. just one last piece yeah. on that. And, and what, and just to add to what you've just said in terms of, you know, not bashing um, traditional, uh, Western medicine, you know, for example, when it comes to, uh, a lot of my fertility patients, they'll be, um, working, let's say with, you know, fertility clinic already. Um, and I feel very strongly about, you know, working side by side, not saying, okay, well, you know, your MD or your, your, the fertility doctor said this, I say this, this is, it's me very much saying, okay, how can we support you? Um, and how can I support the the MDs working with you already?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's great because it's not about bashing it, right? We, we do have to work together. I, I know a lot of people, for example, that you know they gave birth using doulas and midwives at home, but they had a doctor on call. Just there's so many ways now it doesn't have to be, one-sided or one way. And I think to Justine's point earlier, we just need to explore everything because what works for one person may not work for somebody else, even in the same situation. So I love that we have a whole grouping of different types of medicine with us today to talk about that. Okay. Well, Lisha, I also wanted to ask you you know, the same question, but from a Chinese medicine standpoint, what is Chinese medicine and acupuncture. I have had acupuncture a couple of times before, but I'm, I am very unfamiliar with sort of the overall benefits of, of what it is. So if you could just explain it in a sentence or two as well. You guys go to school for like 10 years for this stuff, and I'm asking you to put it into one sentence. So I'm sorry, but... <laughs>
1: It works along the same principle um, that Hillary was referring to as naturopathic medicine on really looking at the root of the issue and, um, and then pulling together from, from that, that place. So um, piecing it together that way, that's why we ask a million, like Hill, ask a million questions. Um, and it's an old medicine based on um, meridians or pathways in the body where energy or chi flows through the body. From a, from a uh, Western standpoint, uh, we're really working at one level on the nervous system, which is where it can be really helpful with, um, with fertility and helping promote endorphin release. Um, and also with fertility, the big piece is increasing blood flow. Um, I have a teacher who I love, and she would always talk about blood in the terms of not iron deficiency or whether iron was okay or not, but how we have to help women who have crappy blood. (laughs) That was kind of her, her analogy. And so, um, we're working on, on blood flow through the body. And when we think about where hormones travel through, through the blood, that's, it's really important and getting blood flow to that uterine lining to really help set up an optimal environment, whether we're going through IVF or more natural conceptions, whichever road we're going that to help promote that, that lining. And, uh, and get hormones where we need them to go. Amazing. So inspiring.
0: <laughs> I love hearing about all the different types of medicine and I really need to expand my horizons. So I think it's important that we we get into the the nitty-gritty of things cuz I know that we're going to help a lot of people with this episode because what I'm seeing a common theme being is that there's just there's not enough people talking there you know when it comes to fertility infertility pregnancy loss loss in general people sort of you know they they don't know how to talk about it and i'm not talking you know going to a therapist and sharing your story i mean just overall speaking up about what's really going on and providing resources for moms and letting them know that they're not alone in their struggles and on their journey so i really think that well i hope to do that today. So Justine, in Mama Two and Healthy Mama, you talk a lot about self-compassion and on your blog and in your studies, I know this is a big piece for you. So without giving away all the goods, you know, we can we can add some things in the show notes send some resources to moms. But I'd love to know what self-compassion is, like how would you describe it? And how do you implement these strategies for somebody that is trying to conceive or dealing with fertility struggles? How can one implement self-compassion?
2: That's a great question. It's It's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, the simplest definition of self-compassion is... (laughs) Simply treating yourself with the same care, love, and kindness that you would treat other people. So um, I know many of uh, Dr. Kristen Neff is the kind of North American or not kind of, she is the North American expert and leader in the field. Um, She starts a lot of her talks and workshops with asking people to reflect on how they treat themselves when they're going through a difficult time and how they treat someone else. And it's really interesting when you reflect on that and you realize, wow, I'm much kinder to other people than I am to myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's a simple way to just think about, okay, so if my husband come or my best friend comes to me with um, anyone that you care about with, um, or even strangers, I'm sure many of us are nicer to them than we are to ourselves. They come with something that you're struggling with and they ask you um, for help. We're often very quick to be so patient and loving and caring with them, whereas if we go through something difficult ourselves, it's so easy to turn on ourselves and be critical and and harshly, um, just harshly critical on ourselves, rather than giving ourselves the same caring and kindness that we would give to other people. And so um, the uh, North American, or or Kristen Neff has defined it um, in terms of three main areas. So, uh, self-compassion entails um, practicing self-kindness rather than being critical. Um, being mindful. And so that's when we um, acknowledge a current situation with non-judgment and acceptance. And um, we can go into that a little bit more um, in a bit. But uh, the third part is this common sense of humanity. And so this really has to do with when we're we're going through a difficult time, um, acknowledging that we're not the only person in the world who's felt this way before. And I think this can be really key to not feeling so isolated Um, alone and um i felt i know i felt like an alien when we started going through the ivf process and just what we had to do to get pregnant it just felt so crazy um and i was so isolated um and it it was really helpful to remind myself that i'm not the only person who's gone through this before Mm-hmm. And so if you're out there and you're, and you're struggling and oh, I just, my heart goes out to you. Um, but what I would suggest from a personal perspective and going through it myself and also what a lot of research is showing is that um, practicing these different components of self-compassion can really help reduce those feelings of stress, anxiety, self-blame, shame, uh, loneliness. Um, and, and so really just starting with, with self-kindness is a great place to begin. Um, And just acknowledging and recognizing how you speak to yourself. Um, And that can be a great place to start with practicing that and and trying to replace negative thoughts with more positive ones. Um, And then on the mindfulness perspective, trying to not push away those negative feelings, but acknowledge them and say, hey, yeah, I feel awful today because the 40th person told me she was pregnant and I'm going to lose my mind it's okay to feel angry, jealous, resentful, whatever it is, but those feelings get worse and they blow, they can blow up and and just keep getting stronger and stronger the more we push them away. And so when we practice mindfulness as a part of self-compassion, you embrace those feelings and, and you recognize and acknowledge them and do your best to sit with them. And as painful as it is, it will help in the long run. Um, in terms of how you're coping with, with whatever the difficult situation is. Um, yeah. And then I think I I went through that common humanity example already. So that's, um, in a nutshell, what self-compassion is and kind of a brief intro into how you could start to practice it.
0: Yeah, well, it's so, so important because, you know, today we're talking about fertility struggles, but this could be applied into all aspects of life, right? Any kind of trauma, any kind of stress. You know, one of our other authors in Healthy Mama, whose chapter I just read today, you know, she talks about, you know, really, really leaning into it and pulling out the lessons that grief and loss, because, you know, fertility is a type of loss or infertility is a type of loss, you know, really leaning into it and, and feeling, feeling that, negativity and just letting it go and seeing the lesson that could be learned in this and of course that's easier said than done you know it's it's easy for me to sit here and say that but it's a lot harder when you're going through it but really you're not nobody's doing themselves any favors by by dwelling and you know really bringing on that misery all the time right so i think self-compassion is a a great place to start um i wanted to ask sorry yeah
2: Oh, no, just on that, I guess, a key part of it is that it's okay to feel crummy. Like, mm-hmm. it is okay to, if you're feeling down, to not push those away, um, to just be with those feelings. And then it's not ruminating and, and letting those feelings, like, continue down the road. We know people with self, who practice this self-compassion positively are able to stop themselves and, and meditate or practice self-care so that they don't go down that spiral but still sit with themselves in caring and kindness so that it's less painful.
0: Well, and I think in our society too, like we're, we're forced to be, or at least pretend to be so strong and so, you know, tough. And I, I it's true that, you know, being tough does not always mean not feeling pain. Sometimes being tough and being strong means actually leaning into that and, you know, just being vulnerable and crying and being sad and feeling all of those emotions and letting it happen, right? That it can be strong. Absolutely. That is strong. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit, Lisha, you specifically about stress and fertility, you know, because we're talking about you know, the, it's crazy because Justine, you just mentioned, like people tell you just to calm down and, you know, think positive thoughts and, you know, don't stress, don't stress. And of course you're stressing, right? It's it, how do you not stress? And of course you, you learn these practices like self-compassion and everything in between, but how does stress actually affect fertility? I'm I'm really curious because I know it affects so many things in overall life, right? Like stress is a crazy emotion that I don't even, you know, how do you deal with stress? And-
1: uh, yeah, it's a big one. And, and I think you have to look at stress at a couple of levels with fertility because, um, you know, it's not uncommon for me in the clinic to have a woman um, who I'm working with you know, be about to experience a miscarriage or be moving through a miscarriage and be told, oh, just go about your business, go to work, don't worry, it's fine. And, you know, for those of us who've had miscarriages, there's no way you want to be at work, you want to be at home, surrounded by people that can hold space for you and nurture you. It's, it's a, it's something we actually have to have the opposite, we have to have conversation around that and hold space for them and allow them to be seen and be heard. So, um, stress is kind of interesting in terms of how it filters filters in. I think so there's, there's that kind of stress on I'm just supposed to show up and pretend like nothing's happening. Um, and part of that is I think uh, kind of extending on the self-compassion piece is really identifying who are my people that can really show up for me uh, and hold space for me um, in this really vulnerable place because it fertility really brings up, um, or I found at least for myself, it really brought up, uh, a piece, definitely that shame piece, but it brought up a lot of that, that root piece on who, who am I? And what, what are the parts of myself that I really am not feeling maybe good enough or worthy enough, or it really dug deep into that, that area. And so when people say, Oh, don't worry, just don't think about it. it it'll and it'll happen, um, I think how we have to look at stress is it's coming in at a couple levels. So I look at it almost like you're standing in the center and you've got, you know, physical stress, just your day-to-day busyness. Um, if you're going through an IVF cycle, the medications and the protocols that, that are offered through that create a stress within the body uh, emotional stress, that's the being seen, feeling heard. That's a lot of that Brené Brown work and, uh, um, and the emotional aspect of it. The mental stress, which when you're dealing with fertility, it's where am I in my cycle? Um, how, when should we be intimate? Uh, how often should we be intimate? What are my temperatures doing? Um, you know, these women that are moving through fertility, they are well-versed and knowledgeable about treatments and options and fertility in general. Uh, they're very much in their heads and, and knowledgeable on that um so that aspect's being really pulled on them and so all of that kind of tells the body we're we've got a lot going on here the brain says no problem um here's some cortisol let's counter that stress response and it puts us all into a little bit of a fight-or-flight response and that takes the focus away from that des- digestive system where um, most of our immune function is occurring, a lot of our melatonin production, which is regulating our depth of sleep and our sleep wake cycle. It's where a lot of our serotonin production, which is involved with our mood, our ability to cope, is happening. So, when that's all getting kind of slowed down, never mind our digestive system, and we're taking that blood flow to the heart to say, get away from this big bear called fertility. Um, it, uh, it then creates a stressful response on that digestive system. It sends a message back up to the brain to say, hey, guys, we're stressed down here. And you can kind of see the pattern that keeps feeding because those external sources of stress really aren't changing. And so often how I look at it with, with women, and, and Hillary and I do a lot of this together, is... Um, If you're standing in the center, imagine it like a wheel and what are those spokes on the wheel that can alter or or shift that uh, stress response in the body? And so things like naturopathic medicine and nutrition and um, herbs and vitamins for sure. Acupuncture can be a piece of that. Um, And then movement practices. And sometimes it's about less movement. Sometimes it's about more movement. But I honestly find uh, and found this in our, my own journey over the you know, eight years that we went through fertility challenges where we never, ever found an answer. Um, what I did find with it was uh, that ultimately um, that whether we call it mindfulness or whatever that practice was that kind of brought me back, back, back to center was what ultimately really helped to, to shift that stress response in the body. And so two things that I give clients that are super simple, but incredibly powerful. um, One is I'll get them to set their phone to go off to remind them to breathe five or 10 times every hour during the day. And it's amazing how um, shallow our breathing gets when when we're kind of in that stressed state, but five to 10 breaths, the research has shown is enough to reset that parasympathetic system. And if we can do that kind of consistently through the day, it can have a pretty profound effect. And then the other is, um, especially if they're in a downtown environment at work and, uh, it's 20 minutes a day, no people with you, no animals with you, no, no one else with you, you by yourself going outside in nature and, uh, and, and, being in an exchange with nature, being outside. And mostly that's to kind of let your brain run a little bit at the beginning and yell and stomp and be frustrated, be angry, be sad, be all of those things. Yet then it's, wow, like, look at that butterfly that just flew past me. Look at that bird that's in front of me. And it's allowing you to kind of tap into the magic because it's one thing to have those feelings. It's another piece to say, how can I, I'm so good right now at focusing on what isn't working how can I shift some of that focus to what is working? And I, I think that when we, when we get that traction with clients um, and with women going through this, on you know what really deeply nourishes you, what, what areas bring you joy, um, that's where we can start to shift that, go to a place of expansion rather than just contraction, which that fertility journey often creates. Amazing. So inspiring. Crazy. <laughs> That's so true.
0: I feel like there's so many ways to relate everything we're talking to about everything in life, but it's it's I just it's so inspiring to me. Thank you. So, Hillary, I want to ask you one last question, and that's, you know, why would somebody look to naturopathic medicine to help support their fertility journey? You know, we've learned a little bit about acupuncture and what naturopathic medicine is, but what, what creates a, a fertile environment and, you know, how would you help your patients?
3: Um, I, there's a, a lot of moving parts to it. And I think it's really interesting what Leish, uh, has just, uh, talked about, uh, because there's that. And, and how I sort of put part of what Leish has mentioned already is, um, we go into a lot of mind and a lot of, a lot of, Uh, uh, you know, fertility patients go there. What am I doing? What can I do? How do I do, do, do? What can I work on, et cetera, et cetera. And and then the other part of that is how do I, you know, step away from that um, sort of mouse on the wheel uh, in my brain and really get into my my body and, and sort of assess where I'm at On that level too, so you know the way actually naturopathic medicine helps is actually, you know, in in some ways helping that wheel to slow down by actually getting in there with them. And so what I mean by that is, you know, um, I will go through extensive lab work uh, with patients that they bring in. Uh, lab work, blood work, um, etc. So what I do is I'll review it with them. And then I also say, okay, you know what, um, for example, uh, you know, your thyroid has been tested already, but it's one marker, I want to actually see four different markers and four different things that are going on in your thyroid. Uh, because it's actually says a lot more about the whole body as opposed to just your, just sort of one number and just one thing about your thyroid. So that's an example of, you know, how I get in their mind with them. And so it's like, not just, you know, sort of surface level. Am I looking, I'm actually looking at more in depth with them. Um, and not only am I looking in there with them, I'm also saying, okay, you know what, Western medicine may say, okay, you know what, this is how I treat this issue. Um, And, and the reason why I don't look deeper is because we don't have sort of modalities or medicines that say, okay, we can treat these different routes. Whereas naturopathic medicine can say, okay, you know what, let's treat with nutrition, uh, nutritional supplements. Let's, let's treat with herbal medicines, um, that can, uh, that can support or tweak different numbers that potentially in a Western medical perspective is not an issue. Um, so that's one way in terms of, uh, you know, a get uh, like I said, getting in their head with them. Um, we'll look extensively, you know, genetic testing, for example, and really looking at, um, it's called methylation, and methylation runs sort of over 400 different um, uh, processes in, in the body. Uh, however, we'll look in depth at, at what goes on there, including methylation also in uh, excuse me, is responsible for, uh, uh, for creating, you know, DNA, not only in your body, but in babe's body as well. So really looking at, um, at something like that. And from that genetic picture, looking at different processes, you know, for example, how your, your, uh, hormones are metabolized in your liver. Are they, are they, you know, and I'm I'm going sort of off on different tangents here. However, we'll look from a hormonal perspective, not just blood work, but we'll look, you know, uh, from a urine standpoint or a salivary standpoint, let's say. Um, and and what do levels look like there? However, if you're not metabolizing or, or detoxing, uh, de- excuse me, detoxifying your body um, of those, uh, you know, certain toxicities as well as hormones, like I've just mentioned, uh, then that's not, then, then we can work on that aspect too. Again, treating with our medicine, medicines. So that's, I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is that, uh, or sort of by, by telling you these different parts that we look at, it's really going uh, more in depth into uh, the physical body and see what's going on there. Um, and then, you know, like Leish mentioned, it's, it's, uh, it's getting, um, out of that headspace. And so as much as I get in there with them, what I actually, uh, you know, sort of intentionally doing with them is allowing them to say, okay, you know what, I'm handing my, uh, my issue over to someone else that I can trust and then being able to quiet their own mind. Um, mm-hmm. and with that, then also not only am I doing that aspect for them or, or in, you know, my intentions are there. I also really spend a, a lot of time, uh, focusing in on, on, um, those, you know, practices. And I love what Lisa said in terms of just even the 20 minute easy walk walking alone in nature and really getting out of your headspace and into your body to, to um, find that trust piece. Uh, I find a lot of people, uh, you know, going fertility issues don't, don't end up trusting their body um, because something is wrong. Quote unquote with me, where in fact I, um, you know, are there, are are there a bunch of pieces not fitting together for you? Yes, absolutely. Is something wrong with you? Absolutely not. So it's about, you know, getting into the body and really finding that, that place of of stillness of, of, um, of quiet, uh, yeah. where it can be like, um, you know, I, I call it that sort of that gut piece like the, the intuitive piece, the piece where you're like, okay, who am I, like Leish said, and um, sort of getting to know who you are and grounding yourself in that to say, okay, you know, you've got this, the mama to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good segue too, because I, I pulled a few things out of there, like it, this piece around something is wrong with me, why can't I do this? Is this my fault? You know, I'm seeing this such a commonality within the chapters that I'm reading right now. I, and I'd say, you know, in, within the books that I'm reading right now, I'm, I'm editing, you've got this mama too, and you've got this healthy mama. I'd say there's five or six chapters in each book that have to do with fertility struggles. And, you know, I had somebody ask me why, I said, well, why do you think? Because this is happening. This is real. These are real women, real journeys. This is their journey into motherhood. And it's obviously just not talked about because nobody really understands how common infertility struggle struggles with fertility and pregnancy loss, miscarriage. You know, one of our authors in the first book said, um, you know, I had a miscarriage. So what? Who hasn't? Right? And I think that's sort of what people think that, you know, this is common. So we just brush it away and brush it off. But the people dealing with these struggles really are, are thinking things like what is wrong with me and I'm damaged. And, you know, I, one of my authors had said that she was shamed by her family and told that she wasn't good enough and that, you know, it, it was a cultural thing as well, but that, you know, it was her fault for not being able to get pregnant. And I just, I feel like that is a very common piece, the shame and the, the feeling of judgment and the feeling of lack. And as you're all saying, you know, mindset is a, is a huge piece of this. And how, how can you change your mindset when you're feeling these feelings of shame and insignificance and, you know, just not feeling yourself, right. Feeling like you're not good enough. And I think that is a very common thing. So crazy. If you, if you, the three of you, if you had one piece of advice, and I know you have lots because you deal with this every day, but you had one piece of advice from a personal standpoint from mama to mama, you know, what would you tell a mom in the thick of her, fertility journey or maybe somebody who has just lost a pregnancy and is struggling with these feelings of self-worth what's one thing you would tell them or that you wish somebody had told you one either piece of advice or you know piece of encouragement one thing we'll start with Justine because we haven't heard you in a while (laughs) Uh,
2: one thing to choose (laughs) I think the thing that just you know sticks out in my mind, and I definitely heard it many times from my wonderful best friends who were there for me um, and told it to myself, but it it really is so true, and just and to be kind to yourself because mm-hmm. if we are our own worst enemy during the worst time of our life, it's only going to be even worse, and as much as it's so incredibly painful um, during a loss or just struggling and nothing's happening, um, and feeling like you're going in circles, the kinder you can be to yourself, the less you you will suffer. Absolutely. And then you have the energy to keep going to find your answer, whatever that is. If it's IVF, if it's some, some medications, or maybe it's adoption or, or it's deciding that another route is what's right for you. Um, I think that it's being kind to yourself that helps you have the energy to do that.
0: Yeah, And I loved what you said earlier about, you know, how the way we treat ourselves is so wildly different from the way we treat other people. And it's so true. You know, I I'm constantly helping strangers and my kids and everyone else. And I'm the last person mm-hmm. I think about, and I, I know I'm not alone in that. So you know, we call that your inner mean girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the, the bad roommate upstairs in your head. <laughs> yeah, you got to be, you got to be nice to yourself. Absolutely. Kindness for sure.
3: <laughs> Hillary, how that about made, you? That made me think of, uh, of today. So uh, you guys, well, we, we all know here um, and Leisha experienced such bad uh, travel yesterday. It's been insanely chilly here. Oh, I heard uh, it's snowing. That's yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. So I've I, I have everyone set up. You know, all my kids, even my husband. I was like, sweet, he's got a jacket. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have no winter jacket. Like <laughs> I have no winter jacket. So here I am out in a vest. It made me. It made me laugh when you just uh, when you just said that. Treating um, everyone else with such kindness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, do you know what? I, I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking, and Justine, while you're answering too, uh, I'm not sure if it's words that I would use. I feel like, and this is, you know, bringing me back to, to numerous patient visits where, um, and, and, and again, it's, you know, am I crossing a line, uh, you know, from a professional standpoint? But it's like, I'm, I'm going to give you a big hug right now. And, and it, it actually almost sort of adds to, or, or uh, yeah, adds to what you were saying, Justine, in terms of being kind to yourself. It's like, just you, you, it, that you're okay. It's okay that you'll, that you're upset about X, Y, Z. It's okay that you're angry or that you're sad regarding a miscarriage or a failed IVF. Um, you know, come here, like, let me embrace you, or uh, if that's not the case, if that's not you know w- what happens w- with a patient, then it's making sure that they have a spa a space to go with open arms, whether it be you know whatever their support looks like so so I would say more you know action wise uh, is sort of what comes to my head mm-hmm. um, oh,
0: that's initially amazing. everyone needs a hug once in a while,
1: yeah. Hillary gives good hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, how about you? Um, hm: Yeah, I, I support Hillary in, in that i um, I think it would be figure out who your heart family is, and that doesn't have to be people you're related to. And in some cases it is. And often in my years of working with women, it it isn't, um, it's who can really show up for you, um, and hold space for you. And in the clinic for me, uh, what, what I offer to women listening is, um, you know, I, I see you and I, I hear you and, uh, I will hold your, vulnerability and the place that you're in with tremendous compassion and light. Amazing.
0: But all three of you are just so incredibly inspiring and, and informative, which is amazing too. I just, I feel like moms that are dealing with this on their journey can listen and feel that like they're not alone and feel at ease and, any resources that you have for moms dealing with this on their journey, I'd love to put up on the show notes. I think, you know, just being directed sometimes people in the midst of their struggles just don't know where to go. And that can be a big part of the problem is they feel lost and that just adds to the isolation and the loneliness. So having you know, directions almost as to where to go is, I, I think that's always helpful in any situation. So if there's anything else that you want to add today, I'd love to hear it. Um, otherwise we're going to do the show notes and have all the information that was shared today sort of wrapped up in there. But yeah, if there's anything else, please, ladies. Thanks Sabrina. Well, we, I kind of have to
2: end with um, just inviting um, everyone to uh the retreat that we're running at the uh at the beginning of november um it's specifically for women who are mamas to be they're trying to conceive whether it's with your first one or second third or fourth um we just would love to um welcome you there um it's a space that we're creating to empower uh people uh women who've been struggling and um connect with each other and also with healthcare providers who um, can hopefully help them get some direction as well. And so I think you'll hopefully provide some information about that in, um, yeah. in the show notes, um, but it, it is in the Calgary area. Um, it's on a Sunday and, um, and yeah, we're just really
3: looking it. In a beautiful to- setting too. No <laughs> yes, snow. <laughs> no snow.
2: It's, it's not outside,
1: right?
2: <laughs> Oh. It's in a magical little yoga studio, uh, just a 25 minute drive west of the city. Amazing, um, it's a great place. It'll be a full day retreat, um, and so I think it's going to be a pretty powerful experience. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone there.
0: It'll be a good place to come home, come home. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. And all three of you are going to be there. We are amazing. Yes. Oh, that's going to be so great. Yes, so go to this retreat, everyone. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for sharing so authentically and beautifully with us today. It's not always an easy topic to talk about, and especially sharing your own personal experiences. I highly recommend that everyone listening also reads your chapters in the books that are launching over the next, you know, six to eight months. (laughs) So soon now. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yikes. I know anyway ladies thank you so much for for joining us I really appreciate it and uh, for pulling it together so quickly like well, as I mentioned to the listeners we pulled this together yesterday so you guys are amazing and so inspiring and I'm just so grateful to have you have crossed paths with all of you and be on this crazy journey of motherhood and writing and all of it <laughs> podcasting you <Thanks> so now. <laughs> much for having us yeah thanks Sabrina this is yeah. fabulous Thank you. Thank you. and Thank you to our listeners for tuning in again. You know the drill. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. Subscribe to the tribe. Look at the show notes. We'll have all of these amazing ladies contacts in there and where you can find them and follow them, blogs, all of the details on the retreat, everything. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Okay, ladies. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGTMama and join our conversation on Instagram and Facebook. To get more information on the stories we share here, our books, the blog, our community, head on over to www.YGTMama.com. You can also access the show notes. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us so much and we value every single review. We also have a special gift for our subscribers. I would like to thank our production team and Megan Krimpotich, our producer making this happen thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear and tune in next week in the meantime please please remember mama you've got this